God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. Did you ever need consolation? Have you ever been through something that was really, really tough and it left you hurting? God wants you to receive His comfort so that He can use you to comfort others. We're so glad that you're with us today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure to click the subscribe button and subscribe to especially our prayer letter if you want to hear more from us of, uh, that, that we write, things that, uh, that are urgent for prayer and things that the Lord has given us downloads on and, and just whatever is going on in the ministry, we, we try to write that uh, twice a month. And we look forward to uh, having you join that email list. And if you'd like to help us, to reach the nations with this word of contending and equipping and engaging for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all humanity, we'd like to invite you to click on the donate button and just give us a hand keeping this uh, this podcast going in this network that is reaching so many people who have such a vision for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to be making a special offer. So Please listen all the way to the end, and we'll give you an opportunity to have something very special. So let's get started. So today we're talking about the consolation of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord. And, you know, we've all been through things. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't been through something? (laughs) You know, it's part of living in a fallen world. There's just stuff going on all the time, and we have an adversary that's trying to keep us from entering into the fullness of our destiny. You know, God wrote a book about us, according to Psalm 139. Yeah, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. Psalm 139, 16. So before we were even born, and perhaps before God even breathed us into existence, he wrote all of our days, all of our members, all of everything about us and all of the potential that we could be in him if we would just unite with him and be one with him and get his vision for what he planned for us. All of these things are are available to us. And he's just waiting for us to say yes to him and to, to let him work in us and through us. But he wants to heal us of all the stuff that has happened to us and teach us how to overcome. We, uh, it, our, our episode 99 was all about overcoming. Mm-hmm. And it, you, you can overcome because the overcomer lives inside of you. Yes. If you have mm-hmm. asked Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord, be your Savior, you've accepted what he's done for you, he lives inside of you and you're in him. So he's given you everything that you need to overcome. So mm-hmm. all of these things that have happened to you, God wants to heal those things so that he can use you in that area of of life for others who are going through the same thing. Yes. Amen. So what is what does Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 say in the Passion Translation, Philip? 
Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounding joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. You know, when when we're shallow and the Lord just starting out, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's you childishness. Know, our, our three favorite people are me, myself, and I. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, right. how many times do you say that through the day about <laughs> yourself to somebody or something? Me, all about me. Yeah. But the more and the more and more you walk with the Lord, it's more about Him. It's true. Because it changes your your paradigm. Yeah, it's your mindset, and He's He's challenging us to take on His mindset. Yes. And his mindset is all about our redemption Mm -hmm. and restoring us and healing us so that we can become ambassadors and bring restoration to others. When I was writing in my journal in August of 2005, the Lord gave me a really beautiful picture of all that he did for us. He says, I bore for you. And I'm, I'm quoting this out of my book, rich wounds, and eternal perspective on suffering. The Lord said, When I walked the earth, every unclean thing I touched became clean, because I could not be defiled. In the same way, when you bring me your problem and you release it into my hands, the problem becomes transformed by my touch. The key is that you have to let it go from your hands into mine. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem to me once it becomes mine. It becomes the building block for the solution. It was only when I was in the Garden of Gethsemane and laid down my will in exchange for my father's that the process appeared to change. For I had to become sin to redeem you from it. I became defiled. The scenario started with Judas's kiss, and I bore for you treachery, and betrayal. The process continued with the scattering of my beloved and trusted disciples, and I bore for you abandonment. Then the guards of my own temple arrested me, and I bore for you mutiny and treason. They bound me, and I bore for you false arrest. They handled me roughly, and I bore for you abuse. They brought me before Annas, and I bore for you kangaroo court for he was not the legitimate high priest and had no authority. They brought me before Caiaphas, and I bore for you false accusation before the religious hierarchy. I spoke the truth before Caiaphas, and when the officer hit me, I bore for you undeserved blows. I watched while Peter swore he didn't know me, 
and I bore for you a loved one's denial. I truthfully admitted to being the Messiah, the Son of God, and declared they would see me in my majesty. And the high priest and council of my own people said my truth was blasphemy, and I bore for you venomous scorn, loathing, and condemnation by religious leaders. When they threw me into the dungeon in Caiaphas's house, I bore for you being cast into prison in innocence. I bore for you the hopelessness of being locked away and the uncertainty of what the day would bring. They took me to Pilate the first time, and when he sent me to Herod, I bore for you unwillingness to get involved, even though the governor considered me innocent. When Herod was delighted to see me, I bore for you the disrespect of curiosity seekers. When I chose not to respond to Herod's self-indulgence and the chief priests and scribes' vehemence, I bore for you silence in place of justified self-defense. When Herod's soldiers dealt with me, I bore for you mocking, jeering, contempt, despising, and low esteem, this at the hand of the civil guard. When they put upon my shoulders Herod's gorgeous robe, I bore for you mockery and injustice of a usurper. When I was returned to Pilate, and he declared my innocence, He offered to teach me a lesson at the hand of his soldiers and release me, and I bore for you man-pleasing chastisement in the face of my innocence. When the crowd of my people chose the seditious murderer Barabbas to be released instead of innocent me, I bore for you the lot of the scapegoat. When the crowd called for me to be executed by crucifixion, I bore for you the wrath of a fickle mob. When the Roman soldiers stripped me, I bore for you shame and embarrassment. When they whipped me with vicious devices, I bore for you undeserved punishment. When my flesh was ripped from my body and my blood flowed freely, I bore for you pain and my healing virtue that was still on reserve, that had been released whenever I touched the sick and infirm, was released into earth's atmosphere to be available to all. When the perverse, cruel, and sadistic men mistreated me in every way possible, I bore for you sexual harassment molestation, sodomy, and rape. When they put the crown of thorns upon my head, I bore for you every type of head pain and mental torment. When they hit me in the face, I bore for you disfigurement and losing face. When they demanded that I prophesy to them, I bore for you mocking of spiritual gifts. When they cynically bowed the knee to me, jeeringly saying, Hail, King of the Jews, I bore for you disrespect. When they spit on me, I bore for you contempt and disdain. When I felt their anti-Semitism, I bore for you prejudice and racism. When I was made to carry my cross, I bore for you cruelty and forcing beyond my strength. When I fell under the weight of the cross, I bore for you falling under the weight of sin. When I fell the second time, I bore for you falling into temptation over and over. When I arrived at Golgotha, I bore for you fear of death in that place of execution. When they offered me vinegar with gall, for you I refused to take the sedating, anesthetizing substance that you would not suffer more pain than I did. And for you I refused to receive bitterness to give you the strength to refuse it. When they drove the nails into my hands, I bore for you the destruction of my hands, my ability to work, to touch, the power to heal, that was in my hands was released for you. 
When they drove the nails into my feet, I bore for you the destruction of my feet, my walk, my ability to go, to travel. When I spoke the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, I bore for you the ability to forgive transgression against you. When the soldiers parted my garments and cast lots for them, I bore for you humiliation and the spoiling of my goods. When they hung my sentence over my head, I bore for you abhorrence and derision. For my people were abhorred by Rome, and they delighted in the idea that they could kill their king and throw it in the face of the religious leaders. When they placed me between two thieves, I bore for you being surrounded and treated like a common criminal. When passers-by wagged their heads at me and taunted me with my own words, I bore for you reviling and rejection of men. When the religious leaders scoffed at me and ridiculed my trust in my father, I bore for you insults and sarcasm towards faith in God and in his word. When I cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I bore for you the feeling of abandonment by God. When one of the thieves repented, I bore for you the grace to speak kind words, even under intense persecution. When the sun was darkened, I bore for you the oppression of darkness. When I gave John to my mother, and my mother to John, I bore for you the grace to make provision for loved ones even while dying. When I said I thirst, and received only vinegar, I bore for you unquenched thirst, and all lack of provision for needs. When I said it is finished, I bore for you the completion of all things needed for your complete salvation, healing, and total restoration of your spirit, soul, and body. When the soldier pierced my side, I bore for you wounding even after death. When the centurion declared, Surely this was the Son of God, I bore for you the witness of the truth from your captors, slash persecutors. When the earth quaked, I bore for you the shaking of every foundation. When they laid me in a borrowed tomb, I bore for you the provision of the rich. When I stepped into the realm of the dead, I bore for you crossing Jordan without fear. When I took the keys of hell and death, I bore for you victory over the final enemy. When I led captivity captive, I bore for you the conquest of the enemy and set the captives free. When I rose from the dead, I bore for you resurrection, life, and a glorified body. When I appeared to many after my resurrection, I bore for you signs and wonders and impartation of faith to others. So you see that while the grace seemed to be withheld for me in the short term while I exercised my passion, it was for the purpose of releasing the greater grace for all mankind in the long term. Don't be discouraged by the short-term circumstances you see all around you. Put your trust in me and my finished work, and rejoice in the privilege of entering into my sufferings. That was a powerful word. Did you receive that all at one time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Romans 8.18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And then 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything that we need, everything we've suffered, he suffered way beyond what we suffered. That's for a purpose. Yes, so that he could set us free from whatever we're suffering. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So when what happens is that when we get set free, we can help to set others free. Isn't there a scripture about that? Sure there is. <laughs> I think it's Second <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Do you have that in the Passion? All praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. And just as we experience the abundance of Christ's own sufferings, even more of God's comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. If troubles weigh us down, that just means that we will receive even more comfort to pass on to you for your deliverance. For the comfort pouring into us empowers us to bring comfort to you. And with this comfort upholding you, you can endure victoriously the same suffering that we experience. Now our hope for you is unshakable, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in God's comforting strength. Beautiful. It's kind of a picture of Paul, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, he was in Troas, mm -hmm. you know, and we were in Troas. So Paul was in Troas, and he had this uh, vision in the night about this man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he woke up, okay, that he, he knew how to hear from God, you know, and so they went to Macedonia. But he didn't know that they were going to get, you know, they had punishment awaiting them after they went and did what they were supposed to do. And that wasn't, uh, wasn't part of the plan. You know, and sometimes God takes us through things, and even when he's taken us through something, like he did Paul and Silas, they're, they're imprisoned in the jail, an earthquake came. Mm -hmm. You know, and as a result of that, the fear of God came on everybody, and they released him out of their chains, and uh, and he says, what, what must I do to get saved? You know, that mm -hmm. was the head of the prison. What kind of convicting power would you feel in an earthquake? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing is, let me out of here. You know, get out into the street, get a, you know, get out of a building. But the convicting power of Holy Spirit was there, and they they wanted to get saved. <laughs> yeah. And his household, and the next day they released them. Right. And and the amazing thing to me is, in, in another instance, Paul spoke up and said, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't beat me like this. Mm -hmm. But in that opportunity, he let them beat him yeah, because it was important for him to be in that prison and to be released miraculously like that. And, and then he was able to, to say to the magistrates the next day, um, okay, you, you just beat a Roman citizen and you come yourself. Without a trial. Yeah, yeah, without a trial. So uh -huh. you, you come yourselves and let me go. <laughs> <laughs> So Paul went through lots of things, and he, he's, he expressed it so beautifully that, that what we go through, when we receive the consolation of God, we can give that consolation to others. Um, I like the way that it's written in, I like the way it's written in the King James, where it says, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who mm -hmm. comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble 
by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Yes, that's beautiful. When we get the comfort from God, then we're able to pass it on. Mm -hmm. Jesus bore that for us. Yes. So that we could get it from him, so that we could be ambassadors of comfort. Now, that word comfort that we see over and over there, um, it, I'm sure that it somehow is related to um, the word comforter, which is parakletos. This is paraklesis. And it means a calling near, a summons, especially for help. So when, when, we're, when we're calling out for help, he comes. He comes to be our comforter. And it also means consolation, comfort, solace, that which affords comfort or refreshment. And it's obviously talking about messianic salvation. God is our comfort. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about um, Moses' experience up on the Mount, on Mount Sinai with the Lord, when he, when he goes up to get the new tablets, or he had to hew out the, the second yeah. set of tablets in Exodus 34, he, he, said, he had said to the Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. And he had just been interceding for the children of Israel not to be destroyed because they had they had just um, made a golden calf. They mm-hmm. were they were worried that Moses would never come down. They thought he'd been consumed by the fire of God up on the mountain. It'd been forty days, and you know they just gave up hope that Moses would ever come back. So we we have to we have to fix this ourselves. Make us make us something to worship, Aaron. And he <laughs> he, he told them to break off their earrings and and he said. I threw it in the fire and, and out came, came this, this calf. <laughs> Amazing. Liar. <laughs> but but what the Lord said to him when he got up on the mountain and he and he put him in the cleft of the rock and he said, I'll pass by you. And and uh you can see my back, but you can't see you can't see my face. Um he said, Stand on this rock in this in this cleft of the rock, I'll cover you with my hand. And then you can see my back. And I can't help but wonder if he saw the the beaten, shredded back of Jesus. Hmm. Lamb slain from before the foundation. Exactly. Maybe he saw. Uh-huh. Maybe he saw what was coming and how Jesus would be that Passover lamb for us. But as the Lord passed by, he proclaimed his name. Yehovah! Yehovah! In verse 6 of 34 merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. These are all these things that he promises. Mm -hmm. But the very first thing that he says about him is that he's gracious. And that word is is racham or rachamim. And and it comes from a root word that means womb. Mm -hmm. So our father has motherly mercies. You know, he made Adam in his own image. Yeah. Before he split Eve out of Adam, he made him in his own image. So our father has a womb. <laughs> That's an amazing <laughs> thought, isn't it? <laughs> he is he is fully parent to to every kind of need that we have. And he has these womb mercies, these mercies, total compassion tender mercies tender mm-hmm. compassion and and uh, this this word for goodness keeping mercy in uh, that word chesed is is loving kindness 
and unfailing covenantal love. Uh, it's goodwill and favor and grace. It's all these things wrapped up into one thing that he is absolutely going to be there for us when we call out to him and ask him to help us. Yes, He's amen. coming alongside to give us what we need mm-hmm. to be able to be healed so then he can he can work through us. And if you feel a quickening to go on a mission trip, Mm-hmm. You know, you may see an advertisement somewhere, and and we're linked with um, World Mission Alliance. Yeah, we're linked with World Mission Alliance. That's Chuck and Helen Todd, and they go to some of the most amazing places, mm-hmm. out and of the way places, out of the way places, and you know, refugees and different uh, the Roma people, you know, the gypsies and 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 people that have gone through a lot of hurt, a lot of rejection. And it's just like your life can be an experience mm-hmm. for someone, you know, because if you go around your day-to-day life, you know, you have your routine, mm-hmm. you know, you get up, you get in your car in the morning, you know, you go to work, maybe you go to lunch out somewhere, you go home, you go shopping and all that, you know, and you meet people, you know, God will orchestrate things to happen. But there's something when you go on a mission trip, mm-hmm. it kind of uh, squeezes you oh, yeah. a lot, a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. I won't say a lot because I don't yeah. want to ins- uh, discourage anybody. <laughs> well, it could be a lot, and be it could prepared. be. But it, this, <laughs> but it is excellent training for what God has put in you to take you out of your comfort zone. Right. See, one, see, we're we're comfortable in our comfort zone. Right. But when you get out of your comfort zone, and when the Spirit of God comes down into a situation, it can take you out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's in a church service somewhere, and this prophetic word comes out. And all of a sudden, you kind of know it's for you, but he hope he doesn't call you out, you know. <laughs> but on a mission trip, you know, many times you can, you know, and then you're in meet, meetings every day, mm-hmm. you know, and and God uh, can use you, and God God can use you, and He wants to use use you. You just have to make yourself available. So if you have a quickening to feel to go on a mission trip, just uh, learn to stretch. Yes. Learn to stretch. You know, faith without works is dead. You know, you have all this teaching and everything that uh, is poured into you, and you need to have an outlet for it. And and uh, maybe God wants to do it in a different form than uh, is a little bit out of your box. Mm-hmm. But don't be scared. You know, you don't be afraid because, you know, it says in his word, I am with you and I won't forsake you. And, and things happen a lot of times. You're you're out of the norm, you know, it's not the normal modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. You may be on the back of a motorcycle for a little bit, you know. And <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> you may be on the back of an elephant, you know. Mm-hmm. Been you know, there, done that too. You know, it's, uh, and, uh, and it's just can be full of surprise and it's amazing. And, and at the end of it, that, wow, well, thank you, Jesus, you know, I did it. Yeah. You know, and then you want to go again. It's true. But the important thing is that you let God heal you. Yes. Don't try to minister out of your pain. Minister out of your healing. Yeah. Make sure that you get that healing from him. That's what he wants to pour into you. He wants to pour into you his consolation. Jesus bore it for you, whatever the circumstances are, whatever pain you've been through. Mm-hmm. Jesus bore that for you and more. More, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Just think about think about how your healing that that you've experienced uh, since the accident that we had some years ago, and you've prayed for people, and then what happened? 
Yeah, you know, I pray for people, and you may not necessarily feel something right when you're praying for them, and afterwards they'd say, thank you, that's just what I needed, or the pain is gone. Yes. You know, and because you've been healed, you know how you know how to pray for others, especially if you've had a ride in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. I remember getting kind of into the ambulance and when they got me out of it, you know, it's when we had our our our, our big one, you know, and <laughs> but uh I was in the ambulance, you know, and whenever you see an ambulance, it gives you compassion to pray for that person mm-hmm. because if you've been through an accident, a bad one, you know, you usually don't you know, many times you know, you can go through without a scratch, but mm-hmm. I wasn't fortunate like that. Mm. You know, I went through had some serious injury. You know mm-hmm. that, uh, and that could have uh, just been. You know, when the doctors say you're you're lucky you're alive, you're lucky you're not in a wheelchair, and you know it's not luck. You know, it was God's hand and His God's provision because He's not done with me yet. It's true. Yeah, and the devil's not going to try to take me out of here as long as I'm walking in God's secret place. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil can't take you out. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But when you've been healed of something, God can use you to bring healing to others. Yes. When you've received his comfort, he can use you to bring comfort to others. Like we had a podcast a while back when you were telling about how the Lord helped you and healed you of the divorce that that you had from your first marriage. You know, you're able to, you are able to minister to others in that area. Yes, you know, you you can't really minister to someone going through a divorce fully unless you've gone through one one yourself. Because mm-hmm. you to understand the pain, the consequences, mm-hmm. you know, with the with both sides of the family, the you know the relatives, you know, because you get along goods with with. Uh, with the certain ones and this and that. And it's just, uh, and just the pain, you know, the, the agony. And then many times and people go through a divorce and they lose, might lose a house, lose a car. I mean, I lost a car and, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it was humiliating, especially the way I had to, had to lose it, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, give the car away. The Lord says, give it away. But, you know, I wasn't walking with the Lord. And, but as a result of losing that car, it set me on a whole different track. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have the payment of a car payment. And mm-hmm. that's when I changed jobs. I wanted a total change in my life. And I went from that to another job, another job, got laid off. And I thought I really blew it big time. But was God just uh, setting me on the right track? Mm-hmm of his track, not my track, you know, right. of what I wanted to do, of what he had for me to do. And I don't regret it. You know, that was, right. that was 42 years ago, all that stuff happened, <laughs> you know, and I'm just blown away how God has used this all over the world, That's true. you know, and because I, even though I fought my circumstances, I didn't have the Lord to talk to. I mean, he was there. I just didn't do it. You know, so <laughs> you he had to... He had to hit me over the head with his own baseball bat, you know, <laughs> so, so to speak. speak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I lost my mother fifty years ago. I was I was thirteen. Okay, so you know, do the math. In in a, in a, about a month, I'll be I'll be sixty four. So um, for fifty years, I've been collecting mothers everywhere I go. You know, <laughs> I have mothers all over the world that that. 
are are you know I reach out to them and and they they mother me. Yeah, Papa Philip, Mama Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and but now, now, I find that I'm not just collecting mothers; I'm collecting daughters, daughters and huh. sons, and God is using the consolation that I was comforted with to bring comfort to others. Mm-hmm. Because just like you said about there's something about a divorce that that is so painful, um, losing a parent mm-hmm. is very, very, very painful. And it affects, the, it affects you the rest of your life. Yeah. But the comfort, the rachamim, mm-hmm. that comfort, the womb mercies that God pours out on us, his love. Yes. As, as we receive the healing of his love, we can bring that healing to others. Yes. So we want to pray for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for these precious ones that are listening, that whatever it is that that was something that rang a bell when I was reading I Bore for You, Lord, I ask you to bring healing to that area. Yes, Father. That because you bore it, Jesus, you bore this for them. You bore these things for us. And Lord, we just ask that you pour your consolation in right now. Yes, Father. Pour that healing virtue into the listener. Thank you, Father. Receive it right now. Yes, thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive that comfort, that consolation, that compassionate sympathy. Yes. The sympathy. Jesus bore it for you so that you could receive his sympathy, receive his comfort, receive all the things that he gave for you, that he bore for you, so that you can have victory, so that you can overcome, so that you can be victorious over these things, and then you can carry that victory into the lives of others and minister it to them. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, before you put your head on your pillow tonight, take some more time. And visit with the Lord about those things that he wants to do with you, even though you have gone through some tremendous pains, tremendous sorrows. The Lord wants to transform your life into victory. Receive that victory and let him give you a vision for how he can use you in the days to come to minister life because you have received it. Receive God's comfort so that he can use you to comfort others. Yes, amen. If you would like to have a PDF copy of the portion of my book that I read to you today on this podcast, I Bore for You, please write us an email at feedback at globaloutpouring.org and we'll send you that PDF. If you would like to have a copy of the whole book, Rich Wounds, An Eternal Perspective on Suffering, you can order it from our website There's a PDF for $7, and a real book you can hold in your hand is $16 plus shipping. So just go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and click on the shop button, and you can go down to the bottom of the page and search for Rich Wounds. And I know it'll be a blessing to you. It's really straight from the heart of the Lord. He He wants us to understand that the things that we go through have a redemptive purpose, and they're beautiful. The things that God that, that God can do with the horrible things that happen in your life, he turns them into such 
wonderful, great good, so that you can bring comfort to others out of the comfort you've received for what you've suffered. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Thank you.